Are you ready for the word? Hallelujah. Turn to somebody say, I'm so glad you're here. If you're here for the very first time, will you just wave your hand? I'm not going to ask you to stand. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. And Dr. Heinrich is here from Germany. Give him a God bless you. Praise the Lord. Ich bin du bist er sie est is wir sind sie sind ihr seid. And das Fegel sitze sitze an das Fenster. Now where can he say what it betekens? I'll tell you later. Be glad you're here and thank you for what God is going to do. Turn to your neighbor, say it's never over until God says it's over. And God doesn't say it's over yet. So God's got a great plan with your life. Now I want to share and we're going to finish this month series of follow me and I will make you. That's one of the most profound statements that Jesus made. And uh, now, Paul comes and he was writing to the church in Colossians chapter 1 and in verse number 13. And if they have the NIV translation, that will help a lot. And uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Boom! It worked. For he has rescued us. He's talking about Jesus. From the dominion of darkness. Say the devil has no authority over me. Say the devil's got no authority. He's got no power over me. He has still rescued us from and the dominion of darkness. And brought us into the kingdom. Brought you into what? Into the kingdom of the son he loves. Quickly amplified. And uh, boom, boom, boom. The father has delivered and drawn us to himself. Out of the control and the dominion of darkness, and he has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Now, that is a very, very powerful statement. Until you discover in life why you're here, what's the reason for being alive and exist? I said, until you discover you will live a haphazard journey of emotions where you need hype. Where you need a prophet. Now, I'm not against prophets. I believe in prophets. But you will need something to sustain you. It's like somebody... They had a big party Saturday night. And now they have a hangover Sunday morning. They need a rechmaker key. What do you call that? Everybody speaking tongues now. So you're going to need something to put you back. Bloody Mary. 
Is that tomato with what? Salary. Okay. To get you going, this is how your life is going to be. Because here scripture tells us something about our life journey. Now there's two things that you need to, that will come out of that. He took you out of the kingdom of darkness, the dominion of Satan, where the devil tries to control you with fear, anxiety, depression, uh, doubt, unbelief, whatever. It took nine plagues to bring Pharaoh to his knees, but it took one little virus to put the church... One little thing again. One little thing again. To put God's people who carries the dominion, the authority, the power, everything possible on the back burner of the stove and say, okay, from now on we'll just check it out. You're not here to check life out. You're here to change life. You're here to dominate the atmosphere. You're here to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Come on. Your biggest enemy is not the devil. With his mother-in-law and his grand grandmother, your biggest enemy is a lack of knowledge. The prophet Hosea, God spoke through him. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Because, he didn't say the devil or a witch doctor or covet or lockdown or money issues, he says, because of a lack of knowledge, my people, did you read in your Bible, that word says my, God speaking, God says, his very own people are destroyed. For what? A lack of information, a lack of knowledge. And that's why we need the knowledge of the word. He transferred you, he heard my word, to bring you into the kingdom of his marvelous son. Now listen what that scripture says. He says, I will also reject that you shall be no priest to me, not function, have access, have the liberty, function under the priestly anointing because of a lack of knowledge. You cannot sit at Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya, will you come now, my Lord, come now. No, that's selfish. There's more than a billion people that's waiting for you to share Jesus with them. Now we so, well, yes, you're on your way. But while you're on your way, how are you going to live your life? We are called to be the light of the world, to shine. Will you pull somebody's ear, stretch and pinch them and switch them on and say, shine, baby, shine. Time to start shining. You're the salt of the earth. The fact that the world is in turmoil is our fault. What do you mean? What you permit on the face of the earth will be permitted in heaven. What you 
denied or resist will be denied. Well, that's where the world is in. We go with the flow. No, no. You need to rise up, oh, my word. This is Ezekiel 37 experience. Prophesy Ezekiel over the dead bones over the world. It's the army of God that needs to rise up. Insanity is. Let's do church as we've been doing it for the past. How many years have I been in Christ? In Christ? I'm doing 42 years now. Going in 42 years. You want different results, but you want to do the same thing. That's insanity. You cannot do the same thing over and over and over. And you say that arrow chocolate, oh, I'm going to eat. Instead of one, I'm going to eat three now, and I'm losing weight. Oh, Jesus, I'm king. I rebuke every bubble and every. You can rebuke the bubbles as you wish. You're only going to blue bubbles. You cannot do the same thing over and over and over and over. And you see, our mission is that you will end this year so strong that you will break out of every limitation that was put upon your mind for the past 10, 11 months because you have the capacity, the potential, and the ability by the power of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Now, now, family, the kingdom, he transferred you into the kingdom. Uh, there's two things about the kingdom. It's kingdom living and kingdom mission. You cannot say, I live in the kingdom and then be passive. No, 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 that doesn't exist in God's DNA because the kingdom of God is go and make. <laughs> Follow me and I will make you. It's always action because you cannot say, well, I'm on my life mission, but I don't belong to the kingdom. You've got it wrong. It's like developing the one arm. You've got this big Popeye arm. <laughs> and the other one is this tiny little arm that you never develop. Help me, somebody. Now, now, you need to develop everything about you to be that giant. Heaven believes you can. God believes in you. Why do you allow people to say you cannot and you go through stuff and, oh, my word, Opinion of people means nothing. He said, she said, they said. Let him and she and they said what they want to say. What does God say about me? Because now <laughs> he redeemed me. He delivered me out of the kingdom of darkness. I don't need to live under this dark cloud. I am here to make a difference on the face of the earth. Otherwise, I just cruise for life and I just pick up what we said. And then the wrong things is driving, steering, directing your life. The love of Christ is the only thing that must compel us, that must drive us. Not money, not fame, not a husband, not a wife, not a business, not, 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 not to be popular, not the past, not unforgiveness, not hurt, not pain. We all have had that. And what it did bring you to, to the point of 
nothing. Heartaches and pain. But when you discover I was delivered from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. Now I walk like salt and light. I walk as the heir of God. My children are my heirs. My children, my grandchildren. They understand heirship. Come on, somebody. And the Bible says you are an heir of God. You don't need to live here in a locomotion situation. Now, this is the key of the thing. Because 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 said something so powerful. And when John pens that down, 1 John, just before the book of Revolution, Revelation, 1 John 3, 1, see what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown, bestowed on us. Woo! <laughs> he says that we should be permitted to be named and called. Listen the terminology. You are named, you are called, and you are counted the children of God. Come on. Say, what's that, devil? It's Afrikaans word that Jesus used against the devil. I won't say it here. In Afrikaans he said, Ekiri devils was a blok so many jimmel that's in your Afrikaans Bible. I don't say any bad word. It's in your 1953 translation. So that word can also means that we should be permitted to be named. Say, I am named. I am called. And I am counted the children of God. And so we are. <laughs> not we gonna be, not maybe, not one day. Right now, that's what you are. If I don't preach you in a dimension, I preach for myself. He says, and so we are. And the reason that the world does not know, recognize, acknowledge us is that it does not know, recognize, acknowledge him. So I am called, you are called, that the world can take note that we are saved by his love, by grace. And now we <laughs> can be called children of God. Now we're talking about this morning, about the eternal seven unchangeable, eternal, desire, purpose of God for your life. You cannot alter it. You cannot change it. You cannot try to live around it. You cannot ignore it. You cannot try to spice it up with the anointing and with titles and with giftings and with, with everything. You cannot. This is for the move. This is for the great harvest. This is for your part in God's kingdom. Come on, somebody. They did a test and asked people, how many of you are praying to win the lotto? And they did that test. And 43% of the audience raised their hands. 
They said, how many of you uh, believe in God for a miracle and 99% raise their hands? And they asked him again, how many of you are living God's purpose for your life? And only a handful raised their hands. So people are more concentrated to win the lotto or to get a miracle or now God is not against that. Never against things. He's against things having you, not you having things. Two different stories. Now, here is the key. He says, he called you. Now let me help you with your calling. Because there's one calling you cannot press the unanswered button. Because God's direction is a straight line with your life. That's how God wants you to live. If you don't answer the call, your life is going to do this all the time. Now, now, let's do the test, and I know it's for our viewers. How many of you had a time when you feel you wake up in the morning, you woke up and you say, Whoa, this morning, devil, stay out of my way. This morning, you're in trouble. I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me. If God is for me, who and what can be against me? Come on, somebody help me. Who of you? Ach, Heere Jesus. Net weer te laat opgesteek. We're going to have a great altar call this morning for people to get in victory. How many of you woke up the next morning? Don't open your mouth. You tell your husband or your wife. Don't, don't, don't suckle with me today. Don't, 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 don't. Not today. You go to work and say, morning, morning. They think it's the bulldog that you send to job because all what you do is bark. And then you're angry and you're so addicted to rennies that you buy four meat pies. And that whole day is horrible. Help me. Let me help you with this. When you understand that you're not on the face of the earth just to cruise through life. You're here for seven eternal purposes, the unchangeable. Now they put a little paper on your chair and it says, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you. It's the Father's dream for my life. He called you with all your mistakes all your shortcomings, all your failures, that didn't change the Father's love about you. Who discovered in this audience this morning that you do make mistakes? Jesus, have mercy. Now we have a lot of hands. Thank you, Lord. The honesty comes through right now. There was two repentance sessions. Now, with all of that, the Father said, you are the object of my love. I love you so dearly. I care for you. 
I want you to come back in the alignment of your assignment. That's the clarion call for South Africa and the world right now. To come back in the clarion call. Who discovered during the lockdown, the money you have, the car you drive, the house you live in, doesn't really mean anything as it was before. Thank you for seven people, eight, nine, 10, 11, 20, 30. Now, the reason is that our focus for years was in the wrong thing. It's in things, not what have eternal value. Now, one day, we're all going to die, maybe. You know, if Jesus is not coming, and uh, then you're going to die, and people are going to say good things about you. Ooh, and when the children read your will, they're going to smile. Your wife is now a widow. She's going to cry with the one eye and look at the men available at the graveside for the next husband. And he think by himself, I told you this years ago, they, they bury people on the farm and they keep, that's true, they keep the coffins in a solar thing up in the attic and the wife died and then the funeral was there, so the Dumani was there and everybody. And they had the service in their house. That's how they did it years ago at the farm. And then they walk with the coffin to the burial site. And the children were carrying mother and they dropped the coffin. And when they dropped the coffin, they heard, let me out, let me out. She came alive. So two years later, she died again. And the children were carrying again the coffin. And the dad said, watch out, boys. Don't drop her. Don't drop her. Don't drop her. Because, you see, we, life is more than just what we, it's like a dog chasing a train. And if you catch the train, what then? People say, I want to be famous. What for? It's wonderful to be famous. But it's horrible because the paparazzi is after you. I walk in the market and last Saturday and somebody said, you just look like somebody I know. And uh, I said, who? Because I don't think there's somebody that, except how that somebody said, some of my critics that saw me with this glasses and they say, What's the boy's name with the stick? Harry. Did you say Harry? Harry Potter. And I said, who is he? He said, Dr. Gustav de Toy. I said, oh, from where is he? He said, no, he's got a church there in Brackenfell. And he told me some stuff. And I said, wow, that's phenomenal. And he said, who are you? I said, I am he. <laughs> because if he said any bad thing about me, I would be um, Piet Pompis van de Berg, there from Transvalia. But you see, now, now uh, you say, did we really come for, 
Yes. Because I deal every day of my life with people. High income, low income, no income. That goes through battles and emotions. And life has beaten them down so much that I hurt for them. And they're not sinners. The sinners take a margarita and say, <laughs> But it's God's people. Because three enemies against you, the world around you, Satan direct against your life, your assignment. He doesn't care if you perform. He doesn't want you to, to move in the fullness what you were designed for. And then those two you conquer. You have world overcoming power over the world. You have the authority over the devil. You have it. Not maybe that scripture says you have it. That you can be now. But the greatest enemy you fight is inside of you. Inside of us. When rejection comes and you face situations. And we're wonderful when everybody said, Ooh, Brother Leon is so sweet. He's an angel. Until somebody said, Die, devil. Now he's not. He's sweet. And, uh, you know, then you go through all the emotions, the battles. My doctor told me, he needs two chairs to sit on. And he said, here am I is fit. And I think as it my pop snook no ear at all. Don't club at you. Because he's five times the size. Now guess what? If somebody just said something about fat. Immediately I go like this. There's a lady in Welgemoed at LP Campaign. And she sells biltong. And uh, I normally try to take somebody with me, the grandchildren or Kayla or somebody, because she knows what cars is in my driveway, whatever. And uh, so yesterday I sneak quickly in the end. And she said, do you think there's hope for me to get a husband? I said, yes, but do me a favor. Don't take an old man like me. We smell like Vicks and some buck ointment. And our false teeth sleep separate from your bodies. And she said, you're not so old, you're 55. I said, my word, I'm going to give you a tip right now. You're my friend. And she said, but how old are you? I said, well, my oldest daughter's going to be 46 next year. And then we've got one that's going to be 44 or whatever. And she said, you lie. You had your daughter the other. I said, no, that's my granddaughter. I said, I'm not far from 70. I thought, let me add quickly the five years that I have to 70. And she said, 
You can never be 70. The only thing that tells me you're 70 is the boopy. I said, you've just canceled every good thing I was ever thinking about you. I'll never buy Bolton ever here again. And whenever I come, I'll turn my back and make if I ignore you, I haven't seen you. You see, we're okay when everybody celebrates us. And the devil knows that. What is God doing? He's pressing your reset button. Reset. Somebody say reset. The reset button means to go back to the original intention why God placed you on the face of the earth. For years we were bombarded with revelations and stuff and they didn't change the world. They toy to a fell. They were running Friday up. And nobody does anything. The Christians hide. There's nobody that said, Hey, I tell you in the name of Jesus. Come on. Am I talking the truth? Because to shine your light means to do something different. Now you are called for a seven. God knew the end from the beginning. Do you think every manufacturer, they manufacture something with a, a manual and hope you don't read the manual that you will blow up the thing? No. By just reading, my dad played for Western Province Rugby in the 50s, Peter Toy. His brother S.D. the toy pray for the free state also more or less in that time. Now, you cannot become a rugby player by just reading the manual. You cannot become a professional rugby player by just watching them play on television. Now you need to get there in the game. Help me somebody. Because just reading, you cannot become a pilot, as Brother Sean, just by reading, reading the manual and say, okay, this is how you do it. I was listening to the voice, I like the music thing where the children comes and sing, and this girl She's out of 109 people that were in an airplane because lies are deadly. You see, it's amazing. We're more open to the lies than to truth because truth is hard work. I need to replace my perception of what I think, what the world says, to God's idea of doing things. And that's quite difficult. Will you agree with me? Come on, somebody. I especially woke up early this morning before five to be here. If I had to go on my feelings, I would let somebody else preach. But I knew God's got a word that needs to hit a home run. And the world changers will be there this morning to believe God outside small thinking, small plans, little thinking, stinking thinking so that they can operate in the mind of Christ. Now, now. She came on stage. 
She was burned from the tip of her fingers, face scarred, eyes like this. She got a golden buzzer. And um, her story is this. Out of 109 passengers, she and somebody else was the only two that survived. 107 passengers were killed in that aircraft accident. And uh, the emotional scars, hearing, living in that flame of hell. And uh, she was bandaged up. She, it happened in Nigeria. She's now in Houston. And they ask her, how do you cope? How did you cope? She said, every day while I was bandaged up and in this cruciated pain, because she was burned from the rooter to the tutor, from the tip of her fingers, the tip right through her body. She said, I was thinking, God must have a plan with my life that I am only one of the two that survived. All the other people were cremated, burned to ashes. She said, and what kept me going, keep me sane. I listened to music all the time. The pilot believed a lie. The aircraft mechanic, a malfunction came, and Brother Sean can tell you more about that, on the console or whatever, and the mechanic said, no, it's a globe error. The plane is okay. And they took off, and the thing caught fire and went down. And 107 people were killed and two scarred because of a pilot that believed a lie. You're the pilot of your life. There's passengers you need to take with you into eternity. And the enemy comes with a lie, with the malfunction lights that goes on and say, it's okay to believe you're not worthy. You're never going to make it. The lockdown has bring bankruptcy. And, and uh, now people, these people sitting here, they're walking miracles. They had the COVID and they were healed and supernaturally and whatever. But, but if you believe the lie, and we know the devil is the panic mechanic from Leon Schuster. He wants you to be in a state, not to live out. What God has designed. Well, I'm a doctor, I'm a police officer, I'm a pilot, I'm a motor mechanic, I am a beautician, I am, I am. That's not your job. That's just to help you live out what God has designed you for. Come on, people. God designed you as his son. His daughter. And then he made, he worked out this whole deal. The seven unchangeable, everlasting purposes for your life. And this is not how educated you are. This is not what title you carry. This is not what office you function in. This is for every born again believer on the face of the earth. Jesus, and I'm bringing you to Matthew 22, 36. Now, on that little paper stands my, and you must put your name in Gustav's 
seven unchangeable eternal purposes of God in my life that never change. It's God's way of doing things. God's way. Listen. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. Jesus was confronted by an attorney. Luke on Mark's story about this was, Master, what must I do to have eternal life? Here this guy said, Teacher, which kind of commandment is great and important? The principal kind in the law. If you just put the AMP, the Amplified, not the AMPC. He says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? The one. And Jesus replied to him, Jesus speaking. Some of you have King James Bibles. It's written in red. It's serious. He says, and Jesus replied to him, you shall, not maybe, not optional, not your choice. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Do you know it's a possibility to love fame, cars, houses, money, a husband, a wife, children, grandchildren, your hobby, more than God. Help me, somebody. I can tell you, how do I know it? If you skip God's things and you put things above God. If you cancel God's appointments for your own appointments. Now we're all working on that because that's Jesus speaking. He said, Jesus replied to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. You missed an opportunity, Waymaker, to do this this morning. Because we, I will survive. And you stand in front of the TV and the radio and you did this. It was an opportunity. He said to love God with everything is the greatest. First, it's the what? It's the first and greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. All of your strength. So there's action involved. Go on to the next one, 39. The second is like it. It's the same. You shall love your. Mark a plan with I beer. Hot me. Once we had a musician here. He gave me a hard time. Oh my word. He's dead now today. He gave me a hard time. So I'm just looking for all the magicians, not you. He's dead today. And one day I'm so angry. I said, God, make a plan or I'm going to make my own plan to get rid of him. And I heard the Lord. He said, do you think I love you more than him? No, Lord. He said, get your act together. Stop it. He said, 
The second is like it. You see, we miss the basics of the gospel. We want... I believe in all of that. But if it's not built on the strong foundation, he says, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Turn to somebody, say, I need to learn to get rid of the scars out of my childhood days and what people said to love myself. Your in-laws, you went through a divorce and normally the in-laws don't say, oh, you did a great job leaving her or leaving him. They say, that devil, he's a devil, she's a devil. You see, and they put scars. You made wrong choices, decisions, wrong investments. We we all did so many things in the past. That battle to love ourselves. Every parent in this place, I command you to get rid of guilt, of self-condemnation, of the past. Let it go. Allow your children now to work out their own testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. He said, he said, shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now it explained what is love your neighbor. That is unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. I wish we can cut that out of the Bible. But we cannot. Because the whole law. Go on to the next one. The whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. If you don't get this this morning, you're never going to get anything. But if you only can get this, this is going to help you. How to be that giant in the Lord. How to live that great life to ignite fires of God's power and glory on the face of the earth. By that scripture, Jesus speaking. Remember now, he's preparing his disciples. And he came with the word. He says, this is how I do it. And this is how you're going to do it. To have eternal life by loving God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's why we have a thing. I am what the word says I am. Brother Ashley did it this morning. What does the word say about you? He don't say defeated, hopeless, horrible, terrible, ugly, skinny, fat, young, old. It says, by grace, the life I live in victory now, to be a champion of God, is because through him is how my life is made to count and how I'm going to be a life changer. Because this is important. So on your paper says, say it. Say I, put your name, am called and called for (laughs) and to live out God's seven eternal purposes until Jesus comes. Now, I've learned this. I've been a preacher for many years. Can you believe I'm going into 47 years of ministry? I started full-time 1974, the 30th of November, 
1974. I was in the army in January. That time it was a nine-month thing. And uh, Nikki and myself got married the very next year, 1975. January the 10th, 19-foot-sack, when Van Riebeek arrived with the Titanic in Cape Town. That's about 40, what, seven years ago, 46 years ago. Now, the key word here is, if I knew these things years ago, I wouldn't have to go through what I went through. Because there's a stupidity out there with false prophets and false teachers, and, and Jesus even mentioned it. He said, be careful! I smiled. Last night when I prayed, I smiled. For those false prophets that said there's going to be a civil war in November in South Africa. <laughs> the Bible says when you prophesy and doesn't come to pass, you false. Cautious. If what you hear doesn't line up, I don't care if they stand on their head and whistle the anthem through their big toes. I don't even nkoso sikilele Africa. If it's not God, run. They're going to demolish your life and you're never going to live your life. I deal with wrecks of false prophets every day, every week week. Instead of that, they prophesy light. People are in depression, suicidal, because he gave me a word. That was many baloney words. If it's God, you will see the fruit of the person. People ask me, many people, give me two words. How did you help to sustain in ministry all these years? Two things. Be teachable Stay humble. So be teachable and humble. Moment when you stop being teachable and humble, arrogance will kick in. And it will only sustain you for a while. Then the devil have you to kill, steal, and to destroy. Now it's amazing. I've sat in meetings and conferences and leaderships, and um, I am. Um, that stuff. And then I discover people, don't they say amen, but I didn't go in there. Of course, we're dealing with Leviathan. Leviathan is a twisting spirit. Since the truth go out of the mouth until it hits your ear, the truth has been twisted in the spirit of God. Now let me help you. No five minutes. I've got seven stuff to give. You watch Titanic and you sit for three hours. Somebody bail me out in the service. I'm finishing now. Watch next week when they preach what I do. Have you seen Leon Schuster with the jacket, what he's got underneath? I'm going to... See, until we get hungry for the word, 
we will not be moved. Then every other thing will consume us. Now let me land. You're called by God to be loved. That's Colossians, your scripture. Because to be loved, God loves you so much. And then he said, I want you to love me back with your, all of your heart, your mind, your everything. You love me, and I want, I love you, and I want you to love me back. That's why everything you do in life will not be a burden. It will be an action of love. How many of you know when you have a hobby, or you're driven by desire, or you're driven by whatever, you will go out of your way to get what you want. Ask a pregnant woman who wants watermelon when it's not watermelon time. The husband have to run. Or Russians when the fish and chip shop is already closed. Come on, they don't care. Yeah, thank you. So here is the thing. God said you are first called the eternal purpose. I, I, you called that I can love you because you were created by me for me. You were created by God for God. Created by God for God. I want to help you. I want to help you because you're going to leave this building. I'm going to next services and you're going to face challenges while the word is the weapon God gave you this morning. Listen. Listen. Oh my word. That means I must be a worshiper. Effort. If you come to church and it's effort, you're in trouble. If you want to give something to God, it's trouble. If you want to do anything to God, it's trouble if it's effort. If you marry to somebody and you must make love and it's an effort, it's a hard-working job. Help me. God said, this is how you easy overcome everything. Just let me love you. And you love me back. And then you love people as I love them. Come on, people, keep your attention here. Number two, you're called to belong. You see, the people has watered down the local church. Oh, I'll do it my way. I'll do it. I don't need I can worship in my house, in my bathroom. Yeah, you can. But it's unbiblical. It's not biblical. It's not the Bible. Hebrews chapter 10 says, don't forsake the assembly. Ephesians chapter 4, the apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and shepherd has been given to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Are you a saint this morning? That's why you come to be equipped. One Timothy 3.50 NIV. It says, that family is the church of the living God. <laughs> the support and the foundation of the truth. Why is it that Muslim people can pray five times a day, close their businesses on Friday, go to the mosque, even if it's the 31st of the end of the month, they don't care. How's it possible that people that don't believe in Jesus have more guts 
and the Pentecostals and Charismatics and so-called Christians. We're in trouble. Church, I'm telling you, until you press the reset button and realize this, my voice will go away and whatever. This word is God. It's not mine. It's the, 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 the word comes out of the Bible. Paul addressed the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 4, verse 16. From him, the whole body, the church. That letter was written to the local church. Everybody said, the global, the global church, the global church. If you don't understand the local church and part of the local church, you can never be part of the global because otherwise you arm a leg, a heart, or whatever that just flips around and you don't belong. They can cut my arm off. If this arm is not attached to this body and I feed it, this arm is going to stink and rot. He who separate, Proverbs chapter number 18, willfully. It's very dangerous scriptures. Can I tell you a secret and you promise not to tell anybody? If the local church was not the vehicle, I would be the first one to leave. it's the body Christ the head we the body oh my word Psalm 92 13 quickly if you can put it upside down thank you please thank you please 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 thank you thank you thank you look how beautiful she looks and she got skinny She's going to lay hands on all of us today. Psalm 92, 13. Planted. What? Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. If I am not planted, I can not flourish. Go to verse number 14, please, lovey. Growing in grace, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in. <laughs> in recycled youth days, they will flourish and be vital and fresh. Do you know there's only one person older than me in this audience? Some of you sit here, you're 24, you look like you need to retire. And I can tell you why. Are you planted? That you can flourish and be vital and fresh, rich in trust and love and contentment. This is the most valuable hour you have ever bought in your life is today to get this truth. Third one, fourth one. You, you have a third one. You call to become like Christ. That's why we have discipleship. What is a disciple? What did Jesus say? Oh my word. <laughs> he said in Matthew chapter 4, 19. And Jesus said to them, follow me. Jesus. As my, as churchgoers, as church members, as just as Christians. Nope. As my disciples, 
accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk, then I will make you fishers of men. Biblical instruction. I'm called to be like Jesus. John the Baptist saying in John chapter 3, I must become less so that he can become more. Number four, I'm called to be a blessing, to serve, serve. We had a guest speaker and he told Tasha, don't set a Volkswagen or a Toyota, I'm past that, must be a BMW or a Mercedes when you pick me up at the airport. And the water must be under 6 pH. Now guess what? The first bottle was under 6 pH. The rest was Stienbrostum. Tap water. They just had the same bottle. They could be glad that I didn't add some more pH to it. So it's the same bottle. They just close it when that one is empty and in front of him just turn it open. He thinks it's that. So he, and he said, this is phenomenal water. That's the water we all drink. See, I'm fed up with these clowns in the kingdom. The nations are suffering. Communities where we work. Murders, raping, child abduction, hunger, poverty like you've never seen. That's what Loftal is working with. While everybody said, oh! The is not going to help. I believe in that. If you don't operate in these seven eternal purposes, you're called. It's a calling, a ministry to be served, to serve God, serve people, serve, 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 servanthood, to serve and to be a servant. It's not how big your head is, how long your titles is. It's how big is your towel. Jesus stood up from the table and started washing the feet. The fifth one is you call to be sent. You must. The first day of the week belongs to God. It's God's portion. Then I get equipped and I hear the word and you feed yourself with the word so that you can tell other people about Jesus. That's the stats I gave you earlier. So many people prayed, pray, 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 and trust to win the lotto, and so many for a car, and so many for a job. But Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest. When last did you bring somebody and tell somebody about Jesus? My prayer is every day, Restore my heart. Give me a pure heart, Lord. Give me a rain heart. A pure heart. Protect your heart. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Because your choices determine what doors you've got to walk through. Well, I no, no. If you belong to a good family and people are hurting, you need to bring them to the family. That's what the Bible says. Number six, I'm called to pray. Individually, I have my prayer time. 
but then I can also pray with somebody. Pray corporate. If you don't pray individual, don't think the corporate prayer is going to help. You need to pray. Jesus said, pray. He said, pray. Mark chapter 11, 22, 24. He said, when you pray, believe that you will receive and you will have whatsoever. So it's a praise, a joy. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Paul says, pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. The fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. The new teachings out there and it's from the devil. We don't need to pray. We are prayer. We don't need to worship. We are worship. We don't need to go to church. We are the church. That's why everybody is in a mess. They believe the lie of the mechanic. A little light, one little small gadget is going to bring the plane of your life down. God's kingdom is a kingdom of divine order. And the last one is you call to be generous, to be a giver. You cannot alter one of these seven things. You need to operate in every one. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. He says, not fearfully or tearfully or sorrowfully, for God loves a cheerful giver. What does God do? He loves a... Not somebody with an attitude, not somebody, ah, because the Bible said, no, I must do it, otherwise the curse, no, no, no. He loves somebody who said, Father, I just honor you. What an honor to give to you. Oh, it's such a phenomenal honor to be a giver because you gave your life. Everything I have comes from the Father from above. And then Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give into your bosom. This morning in this building, I want to pray a prayer. Don't worry, we're still very early. It's just quarter past 11. Listen, every person in this building this morning that says Gustav, I don't want my life to be haphazard. I call to be salt and light. I'm tired of up and down. Five steps forward and 20 steps backwards. This morning, while the voice of God is saying, whom shall I send and whom shall go? I want to say, here I am. Send me. I prayed that prayer in November 1969. God, not one time disappoint me. Show me with what you spent most of your money with, and I'll tell you where's your heart. Tell me with what you most spend your time with, and I'll tell you where's your heart. Tell me what circles you move in, and I'll tell you where's your heart. Jesus said, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. If your treasure is the kingdom this morning, God wants you. There's no superstars that's going to rise up with big names and hula hoops. This is going to be every person that says this morning, here I am. I'm going to live out these seven eternal purposes. Our audience also, if that's you, and every person here, will you stand with me right now? In the name of Jesus.
the family that's going to dedicate the baby while um, everybody is standing. We're going to dedicate this baby also in this this morning. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. Wow. Phenomenal. Every person in this building just, will you raise your hands this morning as a sign of surrender to say, Jesus, pray after me, say, Jesus, I've heard the word of the Lord this morning. And because I heard the word, I respond to the word. Say, I respond to the word this morning. Because that's the word of God. I'm going to be that world changer, history maker, planet shaker, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils, speak in new tongues, take up pointless stuff. Nothing is going to have effect on me because in the mighty name of Jesus, I am revived this morning. I came out of death into his marvelous light to be everything God told me to be. In Jesus' name, stretch your hands towards us. Wow. Booty. Wow. Let's stretch our hands while we dedicate this baby. Father, we say thank you for this precious mother that have this beautiful baby, a gift from God. His name is Liam. Liam, you are so phenomenal. Oh, my word, your mother had a lot of heartburn with this hair. Liam Peterson, as the mother of Salem came, and they brought the children, Jesus, and the disciples tried to hinder them. He said, don't hinder them because belong to them belong the kingdom of God. And this morning we dedicate this beautiful baby. We bring, we bring Liam to you, Lord. We say thank you for the greatness that he was destined for. We pray that you will anoint this boy with the calmness of God's greatness to manifest and God's divine purposes will fulfill his life. I thank you for the mother. I thank you for the brother. I thank you in the absence of the father that you will touch the father and that you will anoint him and that greatness will flow. And we worship you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, pray with them, pray with them. Are we going to dedicate this baby also? Oh, awesome. What is his name? Eliah. Beautiful. Come on, people, let's lay hands. Let's lay hands. Come, Brother Leon, let's lay hands. Father, we thank you for Eliah. We thank you for the greatness that God has anointed this family. Oh, my word, there's a turnaround coming for you as the mother. And there's a breakthrough going to happen. The Lord said, I'm setting free from every guilt and everything that the enemy tried. This is the blessing of the Lord. And you're going to see how God's going to intervene supernaturally. And this time you're going to end with power and with dimensions like never before. And we pray this is will be a musician. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for music and what you're going to use him for and your glory. 
and we honor you for that right now in Jesus' name. We pray for the grandmother, Lord, for the family, that you will bless them, give them the desires of their heart. And I thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody else, just come and help pray you of the family. Come and pray. Don't forget about this week's meetings in Jesus' name. some parents, um, just some of the homestyle leaders, just to come and surround these parents and the baby, just stay here, because I truly believe, come homestyle, and Pastor Sharon, Sean, you guys, Dale, you guys, come and just surround them, come, Ricardo, you guys, come, just surround them, because I truly believe, when you dedicate your baby to God, it's not only the parents' responsibility, but it's also the congregation's responsibility to support the parents in this time. Stretch your hands out to them and pray. I want you, they'll just take some anointing oil and anoint the baby. Because, you know, in times of trouble and times when your child goes through stuff, you can remind God of this day. And we see that... Even in this time, they need God. Amen? Because we know that teach your child in the way they should go, and they will never depart from it. And that's why, mothers, you are not alone. We are here for you. We are here to support you and also to pray for you. And that's why we're just gonna stretch out while they are praying, stretch out and just speak a blessing over the parents and speak a blessing over the babies. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus, that you bless them and you keep them and you surround them, Father, and you protect them, Father. Father God, that, they will, that you will lead their way and you will be their God and they will be your people, Father God. And these babies will serve you from a small, small age. They will be so sensitive to your spirit, Holy Spirit, that they will never depart from hearing your voice and your will for their lives. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. The rest of you, Remember tonight, 6 o'clock, Dr. Gustav. Um, there's no leadership school, but there is JD12 from. We're going to have two sessions from um, 7 till 9. Don't miss it. Come, and you know, as you exit those doors, you are entering into your mission field. God bless you. He keeps you, and He surrounds you. Amen and amen. <laughs>